Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out Iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, Iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at Iconic Life. Bonsai balls! They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck! They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations and download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl. Healthy, delicious. Ashland. Hard seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it. I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing. Only 100 calories. All organic. No sugar. Also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. Also supported by Octopus, the massive corporate juggernaut. Octopus, making stuff for people who actually surf. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. We're in take two. Episode two. Episode two. The Don Pablo. With Don Pablo Ramsey. Yeah. Saga continues. Yes. But first, let's do a recap of episode one. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Don pa- okay, let, we'll, we'll do the recap. Don yeah, Pablo okay. Go ahead. Yeah. was born in was born Manhattan in, Beach. Born in L.A., lived in Manhattan Beach, moved to Huntington Beach. Moved to Huntington, started surfing, told us that Warner used to go off. I can't oh, yeah. believe it. Warner's one of the hot spots around. Yeah. Started surfing quite a bit, you and your older brother. Yeah. And you started drugs at a little early age yeah. Got, got high at 15, 15 on the gateway drug. Yeah. That that was norm, though. Used to hitchhike. Yeah. Not me, man. Used to hitchhike <laughs> uh, to Tijuana with Steve Bennington. Yeah, right? H- yeah. yeah, right out of high school. Right, right out of high I, school. And hi- hitchhiking no longer 
happens, but man, what a glorious uh, way to travel back in the day, right? I mean, yeah. whether I don't think it was safe, but it was way more acceptable <laughs> and open. And, and, and so everybody used to hitchhike. I mean, it was you know the hitchhikers. You know what would be weird? There'd be four or five hitchhikers on the same corner. Yeah, and you you know whoever looked coolest yeah. would be the guy that get picked but up. But if first, you had a surfboard, you know, whoever had the yeah, bigger arms or, or the, the nicer butt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course, the chicks would get picked up first for sure. But yeah, I never had a problem getting a ride hitchhiking. Well, hitchhiking you had long hair, and you always fooled everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, I, I would I would get a I'd take the bus down the lowers almost every day in the summer out catch it at the pier get down there and then I would hitch you know I'd see somebody in the water from Huntington Newport Seal or somewhere uh-huh. yeah and back then no seat belts you just most guys have pickup trucks or shell yeah. or not you're like, in the back yeah, you're bored get, in the back just get in the back yeah. yeah you know not a big deal so so yeah you 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 started surfing you took a couple uh surf trips down to mexico yeah san blas met some some cool people yeah you saw that picture i i sent you oh yeah i posted that thing yeah i was sharing yakimo yeah yeah and uh you told us that funny story about that guy getting bit by the lip. And oh, yeah, then, he got bit. And then he stumbled the on, <laughs> on LSD yeah. at the U.S. No, Open. It, it wasn't that. That was. That, no, July I was on, 4th. Oh, July 4th. Sorry, I was I on that. cannabinol, which is just really a high dose of marijuana. Oh. Is, is, is what it was when I tripped over the guy from Manhattan Beach and I looked <laughs> up and that's all I saw was a fat lip. But, yeah. And then you uh, started telling us about. Uh, boot camp, yeah, and in the army, and just army. all the different stuff that I went through in the army, just yeah. different guys and Going things to Texas, that happened. Almost, yeah. almost dying in a car accident in 120 miles an hour on Blood Alley, PCH. Yeah, 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 that happened with Mark McFarlane. And then he, we ended the story with Don Pablo, yeah, well, meeting I met Pablo, Pablo Escobar here. here <laughs> you here, like I'm, saying I'm, that, I'm, don't you? I love. <laughs> Pablo. Pablo Escobar. You, he was trying to say Pueb- Pablo and Pueblo. 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 Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing about it is, is, you know, no one knew at that time, at least when I met him, and I, like I said, it wasn't like I was his friend. I just had the opportunity to meet him one afternoon yeah. at up in Mark's uh, condo where they were dealing out of. Now, was Mark, and, who's, who was married to his daughter? Or uh, Mark's partner, a guy by the name of Mike Ting, Mark Ting, T-I-N-G, who he lived down in San Clemente, his wife was Pablo Escobar's niece. Crazy. And they were connected, you know, that's how they were getting large amounts of, of cocaine the family. brought into Southern California, and they were, you know, giving it out to different yeah. uh, groups okay. of so drug So you can have dealers. my blessing marrying my niece, but... A lot of, a lot of, yeah. a lot of stuff goes with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so Great responsibility. Yeah, um, it was uh, so, and this is uh, like I'm not bragging. It's just one of the things that happened when I, um, I can't remember. I was 32 or something like this, and I had gotten away from dealing uh, drugs, but um, I was still using them. And it was my birthday. I think I was 32, so this probably happened in 1984. And Mark called me over to, no, it, it couldn't have been because they got busted in 83. So I must have, in my birthday in 83, so I was 31. He, he says, come on over, I'll give you a, a, a birthday present. And I had the front row center tickets to go see the Pretenders up in, wow, up in wow. L.A. at the Olympic Auditorium. And I was. Okay, it's time to commit. 
2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I was with my brother Jim, who I'm in the band with, and I go, well, let's let's stop over at Mark's. He's, he's got a little something for us. So I go up to the and You know condo, exactly what it was. Yeah, and, uh, and he <laughs> says, uh, yeah, go, and, go to the room and break off a piece. So I walk into this spare bedroom, and stacked up against the wall are these... Um, uh, you know, plastic milk crates, yeah. and they're like about you know six feet high, stacked up against the wall, and and in them is probably each has about I don't know five kilos of uh, oh. of coke. You know, just like they look like big huge eggs wrapped in plastic, and one of them was broken open, and I assume that was the one he wanted me to break off a piece. So I broke off a big old chunk of it. And I remember I brought it out, and he goes, here's a bag. He gave me a bag, and I put it in. He goes, have a nice concert. And I drove off with my brother. <laughs> and we got so loaded uh, at that concert. I mean, I can, I'm in the front row, and uh, Chrissy Hines or whoever the girl is yeah, in the front Chrissy row uh, singing. I, here I got my glasses on, you know, long hair and all that stuff. And I was just thinking, wow, who's this dude in the middle, you know? That's so crazy. He won't, won't uh, take his glasses off during so, the concert. But. So you and your brother already had started your business then, right? Oh yeah, this is yeah. My brother Mike and I had had said already started the business, and we were doing really well. We were I was making and a that lot was already of money after the 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 contract with Saudi Arabia. Oh yeah, that that contract. Well, Saudi Arabia signed the contract with one of our vendors, right? And and we supplied the to tires vendor. to that vendor who yeah. was manufacturing center pivot ir- irrigation systems. But that's what kind of brought us from just picking up car tires behind gas stations into the full-blown went out and bought four trucks and started picking them up pretty quickly huh practically overnight yeah. literally because i remember so you were fast. saying it, it was like a couple years before that happened but you're a successful entrepreneur oh yeah and and I went out and bought a house and you know i bought a pretty nice house i still live in the same house uh this uh, July 4th will be 40 years in my home. And That's crazy. I am very lucky to have my home. It's worth a lot of money. Yeah. Paid for. And I'm just stoked that I didn't lose that because I could, almost, a couple times, almost lost yeah. everything because of some trouble. So, that I got not in. to go too deep into you know, <clears throat> the, the dealing, but mm-hmm. so you and that guy, Mark, right? You, mm-hmm. you guys were chums. Did he surf too? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark surfed a little bit. He wasn't really. A hardcore surfer, but you know he he rode a longboard and liked to surf. Nowadays, he lives at Zippers. That's that's one of the houses he owns, and he surfs Zippers down in Baja. Okay, and uh, so so Cabo, Zippers. yeah, in Cabo, yeah. yeah. He was he was dealing, right? Yeah, oh yeah. And you were partying with them, and and you knew he was a dealer, and then he got you 
to help him? That like you were helping well, him deal or Yeah, you know, I mean networking. I was just one of his because I knew so many people, yeah, you know networking. what I mean? I'm local yeah. from here. And uh, it's like the it Ponzi was just scheme. just like, just another outlet for him to because yeah. he'd front me a half a pound or a kilo or whatever, and then I would break it up and sell it in a quarter pounds or whatever, and, and then it make, started make off some with stash. just uh, weed first, right? Colombian gold, you were saying? Yeah, yeah. He was the first guy that I knew that actually bought real gold Colombian into Huntington Beach, where it, like it it was the color of a banana, and, a it, and it had its own certain smell and all that and, and but you know as marijuana b progressed you didn't really have those all those different types once once indica and all this other pot was being grown up north or wherever the hell it came from that's what most of the pot end up looking like because i remember it sort of what happened to all the you know the banana that we used to call it banana it was this Gold Columbian when I lived at Metal Arc Airport. Was it was it like strong? I mean, oh yeah, but it was it had this really unique taste. It was really uh, yeah. flavorful, you know. Because yeah. most people would say like, oh, I got you know Mexican dirt, you know, like you're down there and dirt weed, dirt weed, you dirt know, weed. commerce. I mean, like, yeah, but I mean, everybody's you know says from like back in your day to like what is now. If you're going to the dispensary, it's like oh yeah, you know. The, the the THC level is you know yeah. there's some that are I yeah mean, that's don't, that's don't go cuckoo that's, that's why I quit my wife and I were in Kauai and uh, in the, in the year 2000 and we were on a vacation and we were at Kiyoki's which is uh, one of the first restaurant that TS the companies that, yeah. that that owns Dukes yeah one of their first restaurants was a restaurant in Poipu called Kiyoki's. And a couple of good friends of mine, these two brothers, they hung out there, and we were there visiting them uh, before we went off to our con condo, and they gave us a half a joint. They said, here, try this. And my wife and I smoked that half a joint, and we we got so high on it, we couldn't drive the car. I mean, <laughs> neither of us could even think. We were like, oh, my God, you know, what, 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 <laughs> What's what, in this what stuff? was it? And uh, and like I said, that was 21 years ago, and I have never smoked pot since. That was really? 20. That yeah, changed it just, your... It just perspective. Said, I, yeah, I, 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 I can't do this it's anymore. It's funny when <laughs> when you talk about Colombian gold. I, I think about all the old like T-shirts back in the day uh -huh. when they they was like Maui Wowie. Yes, Acapulco uh, Gold. Acapulco Gold, yeah. Colombian Gold. Like, yes, there's a bunch of different. It was actually from gold. the area. Yeah, and it, from those like regions, oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it was just a. Uh, I don't know. I, Indica and, yeah. and uh, that whole era, though, of that those specialized types of marijuana didn't last very long because once once it became commercially possible to grow large amounts of it, you you, you no longer had those little defined pockets. Right. E e even tie sticks. I mean, they they didn't last very long either. Yeah, that's another one that was yeah. like a popular thing I, I yeah. used to hear back in the day, tie sticks. Yeah, tie sticks. Sure you heard about it. Yeah. Right. I've heard about that one. But, uh, so tell us, you know, the transition into cocaine, like when you okay. first... Uh, you know, that whole thing started uh, actually when I was in the military. My last year in the Army, my last eight months, because of the job I had... Um, they didn't let me out of the army. Usually, when you came back from overseas, you had time left. They'd let you go because you were in a uh, in a you know conflict, and um, I'm talking about the Vietnam War. But I had my specialized. I had a specialized job. I was a medic, 
and they sent me to work in another hospital in uh, Fort Huachuca, Arizona, and I worked in there until I finally got out. But when I started coming home on leave, my brother lived over off of Fourth and South Pacific Coast Highway in Sunset Beach. People were doing blow, you know, and this was probably this was in seventy three, seventy four. Damn, and like way way back. Yeah, and I got introduced to it, and I, I liked it. And then uh, when I got out, I you know I I went on unemployment, and I was growing weed. I I, I built a, a greenhouse in my backyard where I lived at Meadowlark Airport. Yeah, you know they I got turned in, and Carl Vidano arrested me, and. Um, and uh who arrested you well so carl vidano was the head of drug enforcement for the huntington beach police department at the time DEA. yeah or yeah well no he That's was he was than DEA, he, he was huntington well, beach police but his whole job was drug enforcement you yeah. know it had everything to do with pot sales possession of pot and other you know psychedelics and yeah. stuff like that and um so you know as when we finished last time i didn't really get into uh how how kind of it all went down i yeah. don't believe how i explained how what what happened you saw them outdoors you knew they were coming in right there oh yeah when i got popped the time when yeah. they um i got arrested can I, for can I cultivation for a second sure. too because uh not to glamorize this at all and it's like just it's a history of, it's history of, yeah but i mean i'm just talking about the cocaine back then like it was so much better and pure Right, because they didn't. You know, I'm sure the stuff that you guys were doing was was like way more pure, yeah, it, way more healthy for yeah, lack of a better there word. There was, you there was less guys cocaine in the same sense. I, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I bet you guys were like on a better high. You, know, it, it was more pure because there was less guys cutting into uh, cutting it. it. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. If adding, uh, yeah, when flowers. I would get it. You could so you could go the good old days. Yeah, you could go to a pharmacy and buy manite. And uh, it's a manite is a is a laxative for uh, for, <laughs> for small uh, for for kids, and so they would. And that's what uh, they would cut it with. Yeah, you would cut it with manite, and um, and then you know you take like a a quarter pound and you'd put like uh, uh, six or eight ounces of manite in it, and so it would make it give you more. So you and then you could sell, and it was still good anyway. Yeah. But there were times when. Oh, you know what I you're talking about. I would Don see. Yeah, there, there were times I would see some coke, and you you, you could tell that it had been cut, cut three yeah. and four times. Yeah. You know, they would put. I can't remember some of the other ingredients that people. I just remember the word manite for whatever huh. reason. But um, moving forward with all that, when I, um, um, you know, I I had met my wife, and I was in a, a band then called Ricky O, and. Um, my brother had gotten married, and his maid of honor was, um, uh, you know, his... Her maid of Yeah. Her maid of honor. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the lady my brother married, her maid of honor, was, was my wife. Although we weren't oh. married yet, they were best friends. And I met her at my brother's wedding, and she was pretty hot, you know, and I always kind of, you know, I had the hots for her always. And, <laughs> so um, you knew her prior to. Yeah, I yeah, knew her. And then, a, and then a couple years after uh, they were married and everything, it kind of all fell into place. And um, I was already living in my home, driving a Porsche, and I was I was doing really good. And um, and I we started dating, and I, you know, asked, asked her to marry me. And at that time, I knew... If I was going to make my uh, uh, 
uh, marriage successful, I would have to get away from dealing drugs because it was either one or the what other. Man. I didn't need Step the money. Uh, so I didn't so need the money. So before you quit, uh-huh. and you were selling weed first, yeah. and then cocaine started happening. Yeah. Like, you were just selling it to friends, right? Yeah, friends, and there would now, be other people. Now, were you cutting into it? Too like uh, sometimes it really depended. You know, if I it, like, let's say if if I had a half a pound of it, yeah, I would put I would put an an ounce of man, manite in it. Yeah, because you, you know, would you would try to cut some. Yeah, I would stuff get some, so I got my own stash. Yeah, you know, and then I would, I would give it to yeah. my friends. You know, all my friends were like, come yeah. on, let's yeah, party, yeah, party yeah. right? Yeah, but um, um, and and kind of that's just the way and it was. How you long know? did you do that for? How long did I do that for? I probably did that because uh, so after Mark got back, he got kidnapped in Florida by the Cuban whoa, uh, whoa, cartel. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And uh, what? Yeah, uh, they the had, guy that crashed the Porsche. Yeah, yeah. My buddy Mark, he got uh, when I was living at Metal Arc Airport. My last year there, probably in 1977, he went to go to Florida to pick up a load, and this is before Pablo Escobar. Um, and and somehow he got kidnapped by the uh, the Cuban cartel, Cuban dr- drug ring, and you know they wanted to make a statement. They I, I don't know what they were going to do to him, but uh, once his contacts found out that he was tied up in this room with this this gang, the Mark's contacts had the phone number of the room that Mark is in, and that they called the room and they said, hey, look. If you don't let the gringo go, we're going to come there and everybody's gone. We're, we're going we're to kill everybody. Wow. They and came to his rescue. Yeah, they did. And they let Mark go and they gave him a car. In fact, they they let him go. They gave oh. him money and clothes. Hey, and they gave him a car and, and they let him come back to uh, to Huntington Beach. And he came back here. So, and so, uh, so Mark's attached to the most powerful people. Oh, yeah. Mark is very old. Because you know, he's got this charismatic thing about him. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know if I shared in the car accident how he invented that machine. That uh, he, he's just really smart. Um, what was the machine he invented? I kind of remember. It's, uh, you strap it onto the to your leg after you have knee re- reconstructive surgery, and it moves your knee like real super slow while you're sleeping at night. Continual motion. Yeah, to keep it moving yeah. so that it doesn't hurt and actually heals sooner. And then Curlin and Job, the du- surgeons that rebuilt his knee, he sold them that. Uh, the um, invention, uh, the, yeah, the patent for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. While he was in the hospital, he spent eighty two thousand dollars perfecting it. Then he gave it to them, and they they bought the patent from him. But um, <laughs> I hope with the royalty, this guy, yeah, this you guy, know, because this guy is a a drug lord slash inventor. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> Mark's Mark's a smart guy. Let me tell you. Well, it's it, yeah, it sounds it sounds like obviously he he you know. Knows yeah. how to shit together. Knows how to you know, talk his it, way into yeah. and out of situations. Yeah. So, um, how funny is this? Like the guys that had him, you know, the abductors, the kidnappers. Yeah. They must have been so tripping, fucking scared, and tail between their legs. Yeah, when they found out who he was. Yeah, yeah. found out yeah. who he was. It's like, oh, Uh-oh. Hey, sorry, yeah. but here's a car. <laughs> yeah, here's a car. Coke, yeah, and hey, yeah, it's yeah. been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's wow, a, that's heavy. Yeah, and so, um, so Mark comes back here, and then I fall into the tire business, and I got you know started doing really well, and we stayed connected, and um, and you know, and I was doing 
coke with him and we were, were, you moving we were doing a lot stuff too or i i wasn't one of his big movers he had some guys that were buying you know 10 kilos or 20 kilos at a time i was doing maybe half pounds quarter pounds two pounds yeah. something like that you're probably dealing just so you can get some yeah yourself. yeah 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 Networking. exactly yeah, the guy. yeah um and so like so so the night uh we crashed his porsche and i sent you pictures of the porsche oh yeah, yeah. so he bought that car that night, that day from chick iverson for thirty six thousand dollars cash and um and he rented the villanova restaurant it, i think it was like his 28th birthday or something like that he rents the restaurant you know all the the whole gang is there all his you know people yeah. that he that we deal with and know and um and we're drinking and using and uh and we decide to split and i go let's let's go and i because i rode there with him in his car and uh we leave the villanova about 11 o'clock at night and we're racing this other friend of mine uh who actually the guy who introduces me and mark they were high school best friends and we're racing him and his jaguar down coast highway and as we're leaving newport beach coming towards the santa Ana river bridge and that there's that little mobile home park a vw we see this vw come out and and they're on the outside lane so we're we're cool with the inside lane but when we get over to the top and prior to that i see he's doing 120 miles an hour and i put my seatbelt and go shit you're doing 120 miles an hour <laughs> and um and then when we get to the top of the hill, the Volkswagen switched uh, lanes and now is in front of us, and we're about ready to hit it. And so Mark goes around it, and back then, like I think I explained, the little uh, orange cereal bowls turned upside down. That's what they look like. That was the center divider. He he goes over the cereal bowls, and when he comes back in front, it catches the back tire, and the and the and the Porsche spins, and it hits this like sand berm on the you know on the east side of Coast Highway. And it kind of pulled the car in, in, in the air. And we landed in the Talbert Marsh right side up. And then Mark gets ejected. I, I, It knocked me out, just a centrifugal force. I was out. But Mark got ejected from the car. And he snapped both of his legs backwards, goes through the windshield. And he hits Fudge. a... Yeah, he hits a... Uh, uh, um, a chain link fence head on. Yeah, George is on the phone. And, Holy... Uh, and so... His body uh, hit... Yeah, His he body hits it out of the car through yeah. the window, cracks and he the hits window. a chain link fence, and um, it didn't really, you know, it didn't hurt his head or anything like that. But it snapped both of his legs, and then that's when he hires Curlin and Job to, uh, 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 you know, reconstruct his leg, and he and he built that uh, that uh, the machine. But I I want to tell you something. So when so. Um, our, our our other friend who's in the Jaguar runs over to the Porsche and said, Don, we got to get out of here. You, you, you know, because we don't know where Mark is. We know that he's probably got something on him. He's illegal. Yeah. We, you know, but cops are going to. We got to get out of here. How so, far do you think he flew from the from the Porsche? What I, distance? I really don't know. You're doing 120 I, I and that him. thing flips. I mean, the fact that he's alive. The fact that he's alive. That, that, that is he like but unbelievable. It'd, it'd be nice to kind of get a gauge of how yeah. far his fucking body flew from the yeah. car. You know what Dude. I mean? Yeah. Because the so, chain link fence... I mean, I mean, it's totally different now, but dude, yeah, well, you know, it was really. a, it was a fence going around one of those oil pumps. Yeah, and uh, and so anyway, wow. Uh, so so uh, our other buddy Mike grabs me and says, "Let's let's let's get out of." So I jump in his Jaguar and we're and we're hauling ass down Coast Highway, 
and the cops pull us over, over by where the Grinder restaurant is, where yeah. I need to beat Sheridan right there. Yeah. And they pull us over, and the cop gets me out of the car and goes, and, and he's got the two girls that were in the VW Bug in the backseat of his car, and they're telling the cop, that's the guy that was in the Porsche with the other guy that, that, that crashed. And so I, I get out, and I look at the cop, I go, I, I haven't been in that. Do I look like I've been in that? And I'm in shock, dude. I'm like freaking. <laughs> but but you, I talked my way out of it, and the cop finding says, uh, well, well, why did they, the girls they must get pulled say, over? They well, saw the whole accident. They the saw the truck. accident and they pulled well, over they because pulled over. Yeah, okay. they realized that, you know, someone could have been killed, you know. And uh, then the, 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 the cops cop pulled car. out two and uh, then they got the back of the car and told the cops, hey, one of the other guys that was in the Porsche took off in this Jaguar. And uh, so then they, they pull us over and I was able to talk my way out of it. Anyway, so Mark <laughs> got in a, he, you know, he got a DUI and I got some other things happened to him, but they didn't arrest him for like possession or anything like that. And so, and, and this happened, this, this accident happened in 1980, I think, uh, because it was in 81 when I met Pablo Escobar in 82, I got married and I got away from them. Um, and by that, I mean, I quit selling. And they went on to sell. And I, what I didn't get to talk to you about in the first part of this uh, talk that we're having is what happens is, so Mark Ting, Mark McFarland's partner, goes to the uh, Huntington Harbor Real Estate and he, he buys a plot, of, a vacant lot in Huntington Harbor for $450,000 in cash. And they sell him the, the uh, lot and uh, do all the paperwork and everything. And after the deal's done and he leaves, they call the Huntington Beach police. They call Vidano. Call Vidano, gets on the case. And they tell him, hey, we just had a young uh, businessman in it come in with a suitcase, briefcase with $250,000 in it. He just bought this lot. But why would they Something's care? Up. Well, because there was a, you know, there was a, a large problem in... In Orange County, because of drugs yeah. and and sales of, and they didn't want that neighborhood to go down. Yeah, and, and, and it was very suspicious. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I bet you they called the cops. And says, "Hey, the dude gave him two hundred fifty. He goes, hey, I just got a hundred and twenty-five grand. Yeah, <laughs> kept the yeah. hundred. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think they did that. <laughs> That's but, what I would have done. Oh, so they, whoa. So oh. they told the police, and then two weeks later. The Huntington Beach Police Department pulls over a car on uh, Coast Highway by Balsa Chica State yep. Beach. They pull it over. It's got a broken taillight, and it's like 11 o'clock on a weeknight or whatever, and they find a bag of weed in the car. There's no ID in the driver. There's no registration for the car, and it's got a broken taillight, and they confiscate the car. They arrest the guy for possession, and then they, they get a court order to tap his phone and uh, search the car. So they actually cert bring the car two doors down from where the tire yard is because the tire yard now where I work is um, still there, two doors down from Mandic Motors. And ironically, they brought it there, got the corridor. And when they open it up, there's 19 kilos of coke in the trunk Holy of the car. Holy shnikes. So, yeah. So now the Huntington Beach police have these two things. They have the... Um, uh, 19 kilos. 19 kilos. And then they have the kid buying a lot for $250,000. So Vidano, the uh, drug enforcement in Huntington Beach Police, they call the DEA and the FBI. And they decide to come down What's, here and what start What was street value of a kilo back then? 
You know, that's a good question. I guess we could figure it out. And ounces were going for anywhere from 1,500 to 2,000 an ounce. There's uh, 16 ounces a in a pound. So now you're talking 32, you know, I mean, it was a lot of money. Yeah, 32 and a yeah, kilo is 2.2 pounds. So yeah. now you're uh, doubling. Yeah, yeah, it's almost 75K probably. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was 19 of them? Yeah, 19 <laughs> kilos that they found in that car. Anyway, Pablo's. Yeah, Pablo. Pablo's. Pablo's twist. Yeah. Well, the whole thing about it is, it, 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 so so this is just the beginning of where Pablo Escobar starts to branch out from not just being heavy sales in marijuana. He gets into the cocaine industry and starts selling it in Miami Beach and stuff like that. I don't think he he decided, well, I'm going to start selling Huntington Beach. It wasn't until he, you know, he had close contact with his niece and there was a market in, in Orange County. And I don't, I mean, I never really found out why. I've never really asked Mark. I've only talked to him. I talked to him a lot in the last few months, but we've never really discussed why Pablo Escobar was was here. And I assume that he's just checking on the possibility. What What is the potential for large cocaine sales in Orange County or <laughs> Southern California? Yeah. Anyway, so um, uh, they, they find out about all this. I'm talking about the Huntington Beach Police, and they tap all these phones. And now I'm already married. I'm not dealing any more coke with Mark. I don't even know any of this is going on until... Um, I hear about it from one of our friends that another one of Mark's partners gets busted with some coke and down in uh, South County, and um, and he and he starts snitching on people, Ooh. and so that, that, that's when I said I talked to my buddy Mike, the guy who was driving the Jaguar, year a couple years later. I'm going, dude, I'm glad uh, you know I got away from it, but in one night, so 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 what they did was just <clears throat> get stitches, they. <laughs> this is how they were how they were selling it. They they rented a condo at the end of Heil and Saybrook right there in Huntington Harbor in the condominiums there. And what they do, they would go buy a used car in Santa Ana, bring the car and park it right next to the tennis courts at, at uh, Huntington Harbor, fill it with a load of whatever is being bought, let's say 20 kilos. They put the Coke in there, they hide the key underneath the bumper, and then... Uh, a, a driver would come and pick up the load, and then the money would be exchanged in a whole different uh, setting. Yeah. They, they they would never do both in the same place. Yeah, and um, and uh, that's so pretty. the the DEA and the FBI, you know, after tapping the phones, found out exactly where they were dealing it all from, and then they rented another condo. The the FBI and DEA rented a condo, three or four condos down, and watched them for six months. And over a six-month period, now down in, in, into 1983, they they uh, in one night there was a big sting operation. They ran, they arrested like 22 people, some from Costa Mesa, some from Huntington Beach, Newport Beach, and San Clemente, and that whole ring got popped in one night. And uh, you got out just in time. Oh you know, yeah, I was like I said, real lucky. I got away from them because who knows? So so anyway, long story short, they go to court. Mark hires an attorney, and um, he gets out on appeal. But while he's in Orange County men's jail waiting to get on appeal, the Orange County sheriff put a snitch in his in his uh, cell, and that guy befriends Mark and thinks 
he convinces Mark that his brother deals coke, and when Mark gets out on his appeal, could he reach out to his brother and sell him some coke? Mark says, fine. And uh, at this point, he's Mark's looking at 25 years at the federal correctional. They all got 25 years for interstate trafficking of a controlled substance. And um, so, but Mark got out on appeal, and um, and and while he's out, he takes a kilo. He drives down to where the Spectrum is down there in Irvine, where the five and the four or five meet. Back then, it was all strawberry fields and that. Yeah. And he meets the guy down a dirt road, and the, the, he goes to sell him the, the snitch. Yeah, he goes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, the snitch's brother. He goes to sell him the kilo, and it's a DEA agent, undercover oh, DEA agent. Fuck. So they take Mark back to Judge Real, this judge at uh, West at West Court here in Westminster, and he doubles Mark's sentence to fifty years. And Mark gets 50 years at the Federal Correctional. So while Mark is, and so this is where Mark, I, I told you that I spoke at the Sunset Beach Women's Club. Mark lived on the Sunset Island. And uh, so if you go over the bridge where Captain Jacks is, and you go to the second street and you make a left, you go all the way to the end. Mark lived in that corner house. It's a big two-story home. Yeah, well, it's actually Sunset Island. Okay. And uh, in that house was all original Salvador. Do he loved Salvador Dali, and the whole Real house Salvador Dali. All original. Every single he had. I don't know how many, but it was all original Salvador Dali art. Mark yeah. doesn't know art. But yeah. Salvador he, Dali. Yeah. Is. Like yeah. Van Gogh. Yeah, exactly. Like. Very, a lot of money. Right? <laughs> and he has two Lennon, cigarette Lennon wishes he could have yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. He has two cigarette boats. One, you know what a cigarette yeah. boat is? He's Lennon does big, a boat. He doesn't know what big, I know what uh, cigarette boats are. With, with big uh, uh, Rolls Royce engine. And he's got one here on this corner and one here on this corner because he's got two, because he lives on a corner overlooking the harbor. And they uh, confiscated the boats. Low. No. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, no. He was kind of, dude, two, two, two Porsches and uh Garage. He had a warehouse in Costa Mesa with about twenty race cars in it. Wow! And um, and of course they confiscate all that. So Mark goes to the federal correctional, and while he's there, I get his uh, his address and I send him Christmas cards and just stuff like that, just to stay in touch with him. And while he's in there, he figures out a way to generate revenue by getting government bids. Where the government, the federal government, is selling all this old computer so what, wait, hardware. What, what, yeah. So what happened to all that stuff? Confiscated and they took it all. Took it all and like took it all. I never saw any of it ever again. So they just fucking don't the, the don't the, don't the, the the cartel say like you got to lay low. <laughs> they this is a this, enough, this is a huge then. investment on their behalf. They and probably they, they, weren't. They yeah. weren't smart enough back then. Uh, yeah. Well, there wasn't the social media and things that yeah. are going on today. You yeah. wouldn't. You're definitely not a high profile doing that out in the open like he was. Yeah. But. Um, and it was so, in the infancy of that, you know, like seventies, eighties, like. Yeah. That was when, the drug thing was starting to blow up. And, yeah. And it was like, not well, very it, many players in the game yet. Yeah. No. It had already blown up, but not blown up worldwide. Right, like it had right. eventually blown up. Anyway, so you were sending sending them like Christmas cards. Yeah, sending Christmas cards and writing them little letters and stuff. And um, and uh, he's got a side gig going on in there. And, oh, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what he starts doing is so so he's got all this money hidden here somewhere. He had it buried somewhere, and it has his mother and his brother come to Orange County, get the money. And Mark 
gets these like what statements. Jail, what, what penitentiary was he at? The Federal Correctional Terminal Island, right here in, down in uh, San Pedro. Yeah, San Pedro. Okay, and um, and and while he's he he's in there, he finds ways to buy. Uh, government uh, computer hardware that they're selling pretty much on ten cents on a dollar, and so he his he gets his mom and his brother to start buying it all, and he starts shipping the computer software and or not software hardware down to South America, and he he makes like he's making money hand over fist selling government computer hardware. So he takes the money and he saves the all the money, and. Um, he rents a. Uh, he hires a, um, a international immigration attorney, and the attorney gets him out. But what? I want to. I want to. I want to back up a little bit. While he's in prison, so I start playing co uh, co hockey at Coast to Coast Inline Hockey Center. Yeah. And one of the guys uh, is is uh, his name is Mike Stanford. It turns out he is one of the guards at the prison, and he knows Mark McFarland. And when I find out he's a guard at the prison, I go, hey, so do you know Mark McFarland? He goes, you know Mark McFarland? I go, yeah, he's one of my best friends. He goes, well, he's the most popular guy at uh, he just the Federal Credit just He's just so charismatic yeah. and real good looking. He just is really... Good, good dude. You know. Hey, when you and, look at uh, me, you look at Mark. Yeah, God, yes, exactly. <laughs> but um, there was someone else that knew him too. I, I got to remember what it was. So but, he, he was making a name for himself in prison, making yeah. money. So, yeah. So is he like studying how to get the fuck out of there too? Like making yeah. money and how to get out? No, he, yeah. He, yeah. He's like, I'm so, not here for 50. Yeah. yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. So anyway. 50 years? I laugh at 50 so, years. I'm going to tell you something. When. When uh, when my wife and me get married and we come home, we go to Hawaii for two weeks and we come back home, uh, Mark and his girlfriend, Jeanette, come to our house for, 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 for dinner. And my wife is thanking his girlfriend for buying us this Lennox, uh, like, nice bowl, I, you know, yeah. some kind of thing. A crystal bowl. And, yeah. And Mark looks at, at his girlfriend and says, this is what you bought my friend for his wedding? She goes, yeah. And he goes, he looks at me and goes, I'm sorry. He takes a five-carat diamond ring off his finger and he puts it. He goes, here, take this. And he gives me the five-carat diamond ring. Dang. Yeah. We still have the five-carat diamond ring. My wife had it resized and she wears it. Holy. But he was just this kind of guy who was, you know, I, I, I think he always felt like, he he damn near killed me in that car accident oh, at that yeah, time yeah, yeah. and he always felt like you know uh repay you yeah for... just so, so go back to me. him being in jail yeah. making money's fucking selling computers yes. and then what did he how did he get out okay so he hires an a well-known international immigration attorney mark is a canadian citizen <laughs> and so he hires this attorney and the attorney gets him out and in, so it's a, so mark goes in in 20 or in 1983 and in the year 2000 he gets out and and so, so mark he spent some time he spent 17 years behind Dang. Mars. and um, but he had 50 he had he was looking at 50 years okay. at the federal correctional and um and so he's out of prison. I didn't know that he got out, but my wife and me are sitting in my backyard by our pool, laying in the sun, and I live on a corner house, 
and um, and we hear there's some, hey, Don, are you there? And I yelled, who's that? And he goes, it's Mark McFarland. And me and my wife go, oh, my God, come, come go to the front door. So we go over to the front door, and it's Mark McFarland. You know, his hair's a little grayer 17 now. 17 years 17 later. 17 years later. And he goes, come on out and look at my new car. We walk out, and he's got a Petro Blue whale tail, brand new Porsche, parked in my drive. Well, it's not brand It's a couple years old parked in my driveway and I'm going, oh my God, you just got out of prison and, he, and, and you're driving a, a whale tail Porsche. He looks at me and I go, he, he, you know, he kind of gives me one of those. And so wow. this is one of those things because I'm glad my wife is there because she's the only one who can back up a story like this because there's been times when I've had to, we tell people the stories and I tell my wife, you you tell him what he was yeah. driving when he pulled up to our house. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy telling him. And then he he, and then we I think we had lunch. We hung out for a little bit. And he goes, you know, I I'm not allowed to live in in uh, United States anymore. I'm being I'm extradited or I I'm no longer allowed yeah. to live here. But he wanted to come by and say hello. And then so I'll have to move the story forward. And this is just about Mark because I want to continue on in my surf yeah. life. If that's yeah. okay, yeah. Um, of course. The show's not um, about Mark McFarland. Yeah, yeah, but a big part of your yeah, life. Holy shnikes. So, um, that guy can, he calls he can me, make a book, but that fucker can have a book Oh, yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. He calls me on, on this phone app called WhatsApp. Yeah. And, um, Look at you all up to date. Yeah. All, all yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. He calls me and we just started talking and we we're laughing. And, and this is just, this is probably six months ago. And, um, and so and now well, he's second, he's sober. He went to jail. Yeah, two thousand gets out. Okay. Okay. And so this is what he did in the year two thousand. The Canadian government started allowing Canadian citizens to grow marijuana indoor. Yeah. So he goes to, to back to Canada in two thousand and starts a mail order hydroponic farming equipment company, and sells and he becomes a multimillionaire over that. This dude and, is fucking and, uh, ridiculous. Oh yeah, and so he lives in a big house in Whistler, and um, and I hear from some of his friends that are my friends. You know, he's doing well, he's doing awesome, and all this stuff. And my buddy, the, the same guy that drove the Jaguar, who kind of lives by his name is Mike Manat. He uh, says, "Hey, Mark is on this thing called WhatsApp. He wants you to call him." So he gives me the number. I call Mark. And we're talking, this is probably about six months ago. And so now he owns, uh, he bought a bunch of property in Colombia, in the country of Colombia, and he grows marijuana, but for CBD. He grows, uh, makes a, he owns a CBD company, okay. sells it all over the world. And he now, so he's 10 years sober now, and he supports a whole, I don't know how many, 20, 30 orphanages. And he pays for everything for all these orphanage kids all over the country of Colombia, and that's what he does now. So he lives in Whistler, and then he bought a house at Zippers down in, um, in Cabo. Uh, Cabo, and he lives there too. So he lives in Canada, Colombia, and in... Uh, well, Baja, he, he had California. the mind, he had the wits, but he had the seeding money tucked away in some dirt. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. he, he looked at the next... While in jail, he was fucking making money too. But, but, yeah. yeah, Smart I mean, guy. Yeah, incredible. Smart guy, like I said, when he... If only we had seen. one little faction yeah. of that... <laughs> We'd be fucking rich, bro. Killing it. Yeah, you know, he, he never got married, never had kids. So, He's got a few girlfriends. So you get him. you get married, you get out of the game, you got the, the tire company that, you yeah. know, is doing well. And, like, you know, you're playing music. Like, where, where you know, like, how does, 
Like, what happens from there? Like, you, you know? Okay, so, uh, you know, I, I, I get away from doing all that. And, um, you know, but I'm still using drugs. I'm still, you know, addicted to alcohol and, uh, and, uh, and coke. In fact, I, so I'm 15 years sober now. I finally got off drugs and alcohol. Thank God, because I wouldn't be alive today. Mm-hmm. I overdosed in my home on uh, Xanax and alcohol and, uh, and coke back in 2003 and I got arrested for violent crime so all these I mean it finally caught up to me but yeah. I was been resourceful enough to recover from all that and I opened up a, a residential detox uh, place called West Coast Detox it was licensed by the state of California to help young people get off Oxycontin and we did oh god we I worked with five or six different treatment centers and churches here in uh in in huntington beach and just helped a lot of people still do to this day i do interventions and uh so i myself have turned my life around i'm not a drug addict anymore before we go yeah to now yeah so so you you see mark he leaves he does his thing with the hydroponics yeah what is what is Don Pablo do well, so I'm I'm still uh, you know dialed in into the tire business, and of course we get we get pretty big. We, you know, my brother and I are doing anywhere. So can from, I ask you about that? Yeah. Okay. So the Saudi Arabian irrigation project yeah. that that was yeah. like 150k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was the first order. We did that. We ended up selling to four different irrigation companies that were selling sprinkler systems all over the world. And um, and we that th- that was probably a, one of our main things we end up selling. But while we're dealing in 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 these reusable tires that they're putting on uh, center pivot irrigation systems, we find other ways to recycle tires. Like we found a company that that made industrial flooring with it. Um, I picked up the LA Unified School account. So I in fact I still have that account. We pick up all their tires from. They got over 2,500 buses. buses. They're the second largest uh, school district in the United States. I still have that account. And uh, started working down in the Port of Los Angeles with the different shipping companies that still do that. And uh, my brother moved on. He ended up, uh, his wife got pretty sick and passed away about 20-some years ago. And when all that happened, um, he decided to get, get, get out of the tire business. I ended up buying him out of his portion of the tire business. And he moved to Coho uh, at the ranch and has a 100-acre property there and serves at Coho. So, and, you know, all the different spots at the ranch, Hollister Ranch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've just moved on. And my, my kids, and I have two, two, my daughter's an RN at Hogue Hospital. And my son, Chad, helps run the tire company today. And he got a couple of grandkids. But, you know, I, I've been blessed to be able to cultivate that whole opportunity about the tire industry yeah for a long time we were the main tire recyclers west of west of the mississippi and you know have been recognized in the county and the state for uh being you know an innovator in the whole green notion that we can recycle things and make our planet cleaner and better as a result of recycling materials that we take for granted tires have a lot of zinc in them so i'm we I'm dealing with a, another portion in the industry now where we're doing a lot of press on tires for forklifts and that type of uh, it's called a non-directional industry when you're driving forklifts and big 
types of machinery that they use in, uh, in in industry and commercial and stuff like which that. don't have air right those those tires no are just those don't straight. have to air yeah. and they don't have zinc in them yeah just uh, rubber yeah we're trying to eliminate zinc from tires because on the on the roads uh, even on your car you have zinc because your tires wear down and that dust is going somewhere and every time it rains it goes down into the drain ditches and it goes into our ocean you know i know yeah. seth uh, Seth Matson really well. Yeah, you know, nice. we talk a lot about yeah. it. He's pretty. James the Ocean. Yes. Yeah. So, I, I know I keep bringing it up and asking about it, but mm -hmm. I, I think it's so interesting and fascinating that, you know, here you are, you and your brother were recycling tires, and this contract that this per that that other company couldn't fulfill, and then you were at the right place at the right time. We really were. And I then, but then you, you know, you're like okay, we have this, right? Like this one company doing this. Mm -hmm. Time to scale up. Yeah, you're starting to think of like, okay, who else? Where else can we go with this? Okay, so right? so so this is what happened. The uh, Lindsay Manufacturing, the first company that sent us the PO for 150,000 tires or 10,000 tires at $15 a piece, you, it was one specific tires. It was fifteen dollars pure profit because you picked up all the tires for free. That is correct. Yeah. So, well, the only thing that we were out on was the gas and transportation, you know, transportation, transportation of yeah. it. But um, a, a, as time went on, there were other sizes of truck tires that we found companies that were making their irrigation systems with those sizes of tires. So there was like um, four specific tires. The original first tire was an eleven twenty four five bias tire. Then we found a company that did nothing but 11.225 bias tire. <laughs> then we found another company called uh, West Point uh, Irrigation Systems in West Point, Nebraska, and they did all 1020, a, a tube type uh, irrigation tire. So and then they turned us on to a company in Canada that manufactured a 1022, which so is a tube type. So you just kept looking like, you yeah. know, like, Okay, here's the circle. What else is around that circle, or whatever you know? Yeah. What's the next circle? Yeah. Ripple effect of, of yeah, this and that. The, so so that went on for a long time. We sold tires in the irrigation industry from the late '70s to probably uh, the late '90s, early 2000s, and then when NAFTA happened, when uh, Clinton signed the NAFTA deal, it opened up the market for uh, companies in China to start being competitive and not, you know, they would start bringing their products here at with low tariff and they started, you know, kind competing. of competing into our markets yeah. and they stole the irrigation market from us. Oh, wow. Literally almost overnight. They, they started selling the spoke and the tire to the irrigation company way cheaper than we could, wow. we could, we, we could do it. And so that, that part of the industry died. We 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 did it for a good, uh, probably 22, 23 years, and uh, but by that time we were already locked into so many other areas of recycling truck tires that you know we felt the the pinch of it, but we just you diversified. All, yeah, all that energy that that we put into that, we just put it into this other stuff that we were doing. So yeah. we continue to do well for, awesome. for, for so, a really long time. I mean, what a, what an early time to like get into a business where there's just that much opportunity too. You know, yeah. like yeah. there's no one was doing it. We yeah. were, we were. It's it's crazy because uh, you know here he is, 
coming off of of being a Vietnam vet, trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then here you are, you stumble upon. It's almost like it was like a paper route, almost. You know, like or yeah. even like trash pickup. You're like, yeah. a gar- you know, yeah, for I lack was, of a better analogy, a garbage. Van I tell you something. I had a VW bus, and uh, I would surf in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I had my little route, you know. I'd yeah. go like, uh, to like 10 different gas stations, go through maybe 30, 40 tires at each gas station, pull out about 15 to 20 tires that I knew I could make three to five bucks on. And I'd do that five, six days a week. Yeah. And that was enough to keep me going. I was selling a little weed on the side and, uh, and just kind of making it happen, yeah. you know. To and that's fucking hard work, right? Yeah, it, it is, with... but there's a lot of technique to it. But yeah, you're right. It's uh, yeah, I think it's not, my, yeah, my yeah. back it's is still sore from it. It's backbreaking. Back break, it's <laughs> yeah. tough. Yeah, labor. Yeah. We used to ship. Uh, but when, what a niche, you know. What and, a fucking and, niche. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, no one you know, was you, doing it. You know, most people are like, hey, I'm going to go back to school. And with your medical background and the, and the, and the dental, you know, yeah. you know, manufacturing of whatever. Yeah. Like operator. That could have been you know, opened a lot of doors for you. Yeah, you know? it, it, it but, could have, but this this made it so easy because... You're your own boss. You're yeah, free. we were our own boss and yeah. no one else was doing it. I, I wasn't, there There was very little competition yeah. for the first this, this reminds me 10, of, 15 years. No competition. No, nobody was doing what my brother and I were doing. It, it reminds me when you, you were saying how you and your brother were sitting on the beach yes. and you had a... You know, we had this jacket jacket because it was pouring rain. We both looked at each other. We both go, man, we're going to be red. (laughs) (laughs) Like we, 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 you know, it's almost like we pinch me because it's just real. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, looking back at that day, you know, you guys must have been like, what the fuck did we just stumble upon? But but just just the connections after that's on your like so called resume or your business like plan and like, hey, you know, we're ecology tires or recycling and and this is what we do and these are you know like that opens up so much doors once you get one of those big deals yeah, yeah. like yeah it legitimizes it, it, you it, and, and we were always like um dang that's helping like, you know my brother and i were always donating different things the city was big on uh, you know just just helping youth groups and things like that and we did that for a while i was into coaching soccer and basketball and hockey and uh I was nation chief for West, West County YMCA uh, Indian Guide program for That's about awesome. three years, and just you know I was able to do a lot of good stuff because I was my own boss and yeah. I could so, take the time out to. So to what did be you do? What was your first surf trip after the the first big score like that? Oh uh, gosh, well we went to Petacalco together one time, but um, <laughs> I pr- probably surfing. I went to uh, I'd never been to Hawaii, and I went to. Uh, uh, Maui and surfed um, Honolulu Bay. Mm. And um, oh, yeah, because from what I understand now, Honolulu Bay doesn't really break all that. I mean, it, it breaks, but for you know, a holly dude to get down there and to be able to surf it without it being, you know, it's very territorial. Yeah. And, um, never even had I didn't know how to get down the cliff but you just watch other guys hold the big uh, you know there's this lawn that grows out of the side of the hill and there's steps in the dirt but you you know you're, you're carrying your board and you're going down there and then I surfed some of the best surf ever I remember that still remember that day and then getting out of the water climbing up the hill and sitting there with my uh, my uh, wife 
And we're, I'm just looking at the surf going, oh, my God, look how freaking good it is here. Great Such spot. A, yeah. What a dream. Yeah. Did, did you ever go to, like, Lamentawise or Indonesia? You know, you know, I never did. I maybe, Once I started surfing Kauai, I never went back. I started hanging around the Smith Brothers and New Titus Kinimaka. And that, that whole scene went to uh, Titus's older brother, Percy Kinimaka's Paddle Out, which was the most unbelievable thing it was like it was just unreal it was in uh kalapaki beach in this bay called the willy willy bay and it was full-on hawaiian tradition paddle out and percy was one of the first uh uh beach boys with duke hanamoko Mm. and um we're all at that paddle out and i'm with my buddy jim Hanna, who was born and raised there and moved to honey beach we were friends in high school and he told me, yeah, we need, we should go to Kauai and go to Percy's Paddle. I go, dude, let's go. So we go there, and it's it's full on. They got his ashes in there in an outrigger, and Titus Kinimaka's in the front, you know, with his full Hawaiian king. I mean, just yeah, un, unreal. But it's flat. It's like one to two feet, and they got a paddle about a half a mile out to where they want to drop the ashes. So we're paddling out, and everybody's getting out there. We And we get out there, and everybody starts throwing the water up, and they dump his ashes. Just then, a perfect set, like a set with about six waves come. It's about three to four feet, maybe one to two foot Hawaiian, but, you know, four feet to me. Yeah, And perfect, wave. like insane. And everybody catches waves coming back in. Party wave. Right, it was, it was, it was unreal, and it was like... One of those things, like I, and even when I've gone back to Kauai, because I've gone there many times, well, I always love to go and sit there. They have a Dukes right there and sit there and just kind of reminisce on that just total Hawaiian experience. It was so memorable. Yeah, time. you're in the roots, you know, yeah. seeing something that special. Yeah, you know? yeah. And if you know who Titus Kinimaki is, yeah. he's, he's actually, yeah, he's an elite. He really is, his family. And, and um, I'll tell you a funny story. So I have my VW bus and I'm down at, um, Oh, at, uh, I think it's the Jack's Pro. And Titus's daughter, um, Miley, is, um, is in the contest. And he's in town, and I don't, I don't see him. But, uh, but Bud Lamas calls, hey, Titus Kinimaka's in town. I go, dude, I know Titus Kinimaka. And so I, Bud, I tell Bud, let's go, let's go find him. So we get my VW bus and he's walking in the parking lot by Dukes. We pull over and go, hey, Titus. So I get out of the car and I'm showing Lamas and Titus comes over and Lamas thinks he's come over to hug him and he comes over and hugs me. And I go, all right. Eat it, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not the only cool celebrity. Yeah, exactly. But hey, yeah, no. He's not here for Bud. Yeah. He's here for Pablo. Yeah. <laughs> But that's that's a, that's that's a true story. And to get to know the Smith brothers, who are really close, they helped Dukes that whole company, uh, TS, when they bought um, Kiyoki's in uh, in Poipu and started that restaurant. And and Brett Barnes was the manager of it then. Yeah. They were trying to fit into the local community, and the Smith brothers started hanging out there. And when they did, they're so well-known. They, they, I don't know if you know who the Smith family is, mm-hmm. but they own large amounts of property all over Hawaii. They're just this iconic family. You would think Smith, but they're, they're a Hawaiian family, and they're very well-known, and they're considered uh, elites in their own right. But... Um, uh, they started hanging out there, and immediately 
Kiyoki's became the hangout spot and really pushed them over the edge for so TS could start Dukes and some of the other restaurants yeah. that they own. Yeah, yeah. spread and the aloha yeah. the, uh, across, yeah. you know, outside of Hawaii. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and, and I, so uh, Mike Smith has come here a couple of times, and um, I was telling Brett Barnes, because I'm on the board of directors for the Surf Museum, and we're at some event, and, and we're talking about Kauai, and goes, I love Kauai, and, and I go, yeah, do you know the Smith brothers? He looks at me and goes, you know the Smith brothers? And I go, hell yeah, Mike and Kurt Smith know them very well. So one day, Mike, Kurt, this is just like a year or two ago, Mike Smith comes to town. Uh, he's in this band called Kai Roots, and they're touring here. And uh, he, he, he hits me up and goes, Don, I'm going to be in Huntington Beach. I go, dude, let's go over and see Brett Barnes. So I take him over and show Brett Barnes, and we're sitting down there having a drink. And I'm not drinking, but we're sitting at his bar. And uh, Brett comes over, dude, you do know uh, Mike Smith, you know, because he's he, yeah, he in his him. own right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. So, I, you know, like I said. So, such a small world went to, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, I've surfed. I surfed. Uh, I took my wife to San Blas. We showed her where I lived. We surfed Monachin Bay uh, a few years back, and I've gone to um, oh um, Puerto Vallarta and surfed that point there. Um, Punamita. Yeah, Punamita. And um, I need to make it there. I oh yeah, P- yes. Yeah, it's all there. private now. I mean, we take a ponga boat, but the waves such a good wave. And then. Um, but, you know, surfed all over Baja in the late 60s and 70s. And I really haven't surfed Baja since. I helped a church group. We built a church in Rosarito Beach about 15 years ago. But that's really all I've done. And then mainly just now, you know, I've surfed the ranch a few times with my brother. Almost drowned there about three years ago on a 12-foot, huge 10 to 12-foot set. Had no business being out there. I was at Big Drake's, and it was perfect, six to eight feet. And I'm... No, I was catching good waves, and yeah. uh, Dave Reynolds. I don't know if you know who Dave Reynolds is. He's the trophy guy that makes all the trophies oh, for uh, yeah. the ranch and all that. He's a good friend of mine. So him and my brother are kind of off a little south of where the main takeoff spot is, and I go right over the main takeoff. So I'm like, fuck, I'm just gonna go out, and so I catch this really, I catch this bomb wave, and I kick out, and they're going, yeah, that's all right, and I go paddle out to go to another one, and unbeknownst to me, an out, uh, like a, a big set. yeah, a big set comes. And I get caught inside, and that set is 10 to 12 foot set, like four waves, right? Kicked my ass, thought I was going to drown, praying to the Lord, I'm too old, I don't want to die like this. <laughs> and, and Dave gets, Dave paddles in, and he's trying to direct me through the rocks, you know, he's probably, you know, just watching me to see what what, what happens. And I made it in, and then that was the last time I surfed the ranch, which is... <laughs> I mean, and that was, let's see, I'm 69. That happened three years ago. I was 66 when that yeah, happened. Yeah, you're still out Lin- there. Lin- yeah. Lennon says that all the time. Dear Lord, don't let me, don't let me drown on this three to four foot wave. show's not about Lennon. Hey, don't let me. Hey, hey, there's a big five foot wave that came in. Some bitch. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so the, I, I want to talk about the yeah. ranch. You said your brother has a, like, a big parcel, 100 yeah, acres. Yeah, he has 100 acres right, right out in front of Coho. And, and that's just from, like, killing it back in the... Well, so, you know, he's a smart businessman, invested some money in Hawaii and um, sold that property. And then, ironically, my next-door neighbor that lives next door to me now, his brother owned that parcel, and he was selling it. And my brother was looking for a parcel with a couple of his his friends. That parcel came up, and ironically, it was my neighbor's brother's. But he ended up buying the parcel and then bought the rights to build a house, and he bought a 
4,800 square foot single home built right there, overlooking the spot. It, it takes him 20 minutes to get to the water. Yeah, but, you know, but he's got a little, uh, a little you know. Of heaven over there. Oh, yeah. He's got one of those little. Would you say he's got boats. 100 acres? Yeah, it's 100 acres. That's yeah. outrageous. Oh, yeah. Like one acre right now is going for like. Yeah, I don't know what it's going for. The property's worth a lot of money. Yeah. But. Uh, so what other, what other. Business ventures have you have you done if you don't well, mind us asking? So I, I got into the recovery business and so oh, yeah, right. uh, I started West Coast Detox, still doing West Coast that? Treatment Center. Um, I I had a biz, I had uh, I owned Beach City Treatment over on Eleventh Street, and um, because of the way the insurance is working nowadays and what it costs for us to keep a doctor on staff and actual medical personnel, we weren't just hiring uh, people that are going to drug rehab counseling we were actually hiring doctors and nurses that worked for us and it 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 gave us the opportunity to work with hogue hospital and uh fountain valley hospital all their different drug um uh departments so that we were able to do residential treatment for people who couldn't afford a hospital setting and i mean we just closed that down it's been about a year and I, I haven't been back in it since, although, like I said, I'm, I still do interventions. I did a bunch for Sumo, you know, Pastor yeah. Sumo. Yeah. yeah, I helped him with a lot of his uh, uh, friends and family at, 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 at the church that were struggling with drugs and alcohol. And I've been able to, and I'm not bragging, it's just been no, the but, opportunity yeah. to get out there and to make a difference in someone's life is better than any. But, I mean, you can save one person, right? That's oh, yeah. It. And, yeah, and, to, and that's what. But to tell your story and like I've been there, and you know, yeah. there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not going to be Dude, easy. If I can but, get sober, but, you can get sober. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. not not to open up an old wound, but you said mm-hmm. 15 years ago is when you. Yeah, 15 years ago, what happened? I committed a violent crime, and it was uh, uh, the district attorney filed a felony battery, which carried with it one strike, and I was could it but it was. I mean, they were they were going to give me a year in state prison for it, and I hired an attorney. Of course, the attorney got it knocked down to ninety days in county jail with three years formal probation, and so a three-year restraining. Ninety days. Seventy-two out of the ninety days. Wow. And during that do? time, oh God, it was brutal. I hated it. But um, uh, after I was signed my my bed, this bunk that I was in this bay, there was a like a each. Each bay has like the, you know, the tough guy. And this guy happened to be a Christian. His name was Big Tony, and he had a Bible and a big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And he said, you know what, Don, if you hang out with me every day, I'll make sure these gang members leave you alone. But you got to read the Bible and the big book with me every day. And I said, no problem, let's do it. And that's how my whole uh, road or path to recovery started with this guy helping me. And then when I got out, fell into a men's group. Christian men's group called the Creepers, uh, and so if you, <laughs> that's a funny yeah, name. It's, yeah, but if you look Christian up the creepers. word, if you look up the word creeper in the dictionary, it's defined as moving forward at a slow, steady pace. Oh, and um, I like that. And, yeah, and so I got sober with those guys, and then but you didn't answer my question. A lot what did you do? Oh well, I what was I, your violent crime? I I beat I beat somebody up, and after I beat him up, I kicked him in the head Ooh. while they were on the ground. Ooh. and I was in a blackout. I wasn't. I was completely out of it when I did it. I didn't even know I did it, to be honest with you, but that's what happened. Were you in a and bar? Was it like a... No, I just, it happened in my home. 
Holy shit. And so I had to, uh, you know, I got arrested. And it was it was a scene. But, yeah. you know, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me because I would, I'll guarantee you, I, I, I would be dead. Yeah. I, I would not have outlived that. Well, you had 72 days that. of mandatory soberness. Yeah. And you had Big Tony to, or yeah. Big T or what did you say, Big Tony? Yeah, Big Tony. They Big Tony that. to keep you in check. I mean, what a blessing to have yeah, it somebody just was, like that to look over you. Yeah, and so and so I still go to AA down at Tower 11. Um, yeah. You know, we have a meeting, right, yeah. where you surf a lot. Yeah. And uh, I go to that meeting maybe five days a week and always it's trying a to reach spot. out and help. Oh, the, uh, it's the, a the, secret the, spot. The chairs, right, by the bike? Yes. The big old... Yeah, you know, you got that's the yeah, secret yeah, spot. Yeah, 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 I go down there. You know, a lot of anonymity. I'm not going to tell you who's down there, but yeah. you know, it, we're just all there trying to help each other. A lot of people have the same story as me. You know, they got in trouble from yeah. drinking too much, and you know, lucky, Can't just, just lucky to be couple, alive. Couple days a week. <laughs> <laughs> just lucky to be alive. Um, no, for sure. I mean, the, the the fact that you know you actually served time. And it wasn't because of all the drug dealing or any of this. It was, you know, from being on dr- or you yeah. know, drunk, and it's just you're going down a bad path. And yeah, you know the way. You know you that came was uh, the best part of the conversation when I talked to Mark McFarland. Uh, you know, six. I talked to him again three months ago because I'm driving around. I don't know if you guys know. Um, oh, uh, Bowie. Bowie? Yeah, you know Eric Bauer? Bowie? No. Oh, yeah, so. he, knew, he knew Mark McFarland. We were in the car talking, and uh, Mark was just saying how much life is better as two because he's sober nowadays. And he's, you know, he's done very well and helps a lot of people with the finances that he's been able to put together. So he's, I don't know. That's yeah. cool. That, that's. Because you can't take that's it with the upside. you. You can't take it with you. And most people don't don't survive that that type of lifestyle. If yeah. I look at all the people I know that have passed yeah. and close friends, and I'm sure you guys too. I mean, yeah. all, well, look what we're doing next week, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just, it is, it is what it is. I'm grateful I survived. I'm grateful, you know, I'm still in fairly good shape that I can paddle out. I can catch waves. Um, you know, it's just fun that, that yeah. uh, you know, surfing has been able to remain with me through all the, 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 the hardships and good times Surfing's still been right, right at the forefront of that's been your outlet and your saving grace for yeah. sure. Yeah. What, what like what about you've been playing music the whole time? Oh yeah, I've been playing music and lucky enough to play some pretty outstanding gigs and we're we're going to be playing here in a couple of weeks. But we're looking forward to open up for uh, at um, the city's allowing uh, a large venue this year. Finally, during the U.S. Open, the third week in September, they're going to have a big venue. Uh, eight to 10,000 people, live music on the beach. They're going to keep it there. We're going to have it for the air show, and then our band's opening up for some big act on that. Cool. On that particular air show. We're playing September. The Ramsey Brothers. Oh, yeah. We're playing September 11th for uh, the Surf City Marathon. It's the 20th anniversary of the bombings, and we're doing a thing called uh, Tunnels to Towers uh foundation yeah, yeah and I we're playing see that, that all the time uh, mark Wahlberg. yeah we're doing that concert for on on the beach on that day and then you know we're playing around town playing at sea salt in two weeks um you know we'll be doing the taste of huntington beach uh, we've been asked to play at a couple of different gigs i played the last two mare balls and we played at the um 
Junior Olympics had a big fundraiser here at the Paseo Hotel a couple of years ago, and our band played for that. It was a pretty good gig. And, yeah. You know, I mean... It's got to be it, such a trip for you to look back at, on what your life was like, and then now, you know, because it was... Yeah. You were li- living a, a crazy, seedy life. Yes. Not really hurting anybody. Yeah. But, you know... I was... You were on the road. I was on a tightrope. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, for that, like, kind of <clears throat> bad thing to happen that happened. Yeah. And then you realize, fuck, man, I got to change my ways. Yeah, things had to change. And, and I, now you are really paying back. Yeah. To... Oh, yeah. To, you know, the community. And, like, yeah. you, you know... You, life in the fast lane to, you know life like a good grounded yeah, life and, yeah. and and having roots like you never left huntington and you're giving back to the yeah. community and we, we played the uso open when the last us open we didn't have it last year but we were the closing band right after the finals for the open and just to be able to be up there and just the crowd you know it was a pack you know thousands of people and it was yeah. just in in the back of my mind i thought you know i almost missed this yeah i yeah. almost did not get to do this type of stuff because yeah. of the other life that I lived. But uh, you need to write a fucking story, a book. <clears throat> you got to have somebody write a, the Don Pablo Ramsey book. <laughs> so interesting. And then you're on the board at the Surf Museum. Yeah, and... I'm on the board of directors there. Yeah. I'm on the board of directors for the Huntington Beach Board Writer Club. I'm yeah. the event you, director. You were for responsible Internet. for getting us the nonprofit status. Right? I I helped all with that. Yeah. Yes, and then. Um, I'm on the I'm the event director for International Surfboard Builders Hall of Fame, which we're going to have our 20th first annual this year. And wait to see who's coming to town. We're going to have an unbelievable what is it group? It's the uh, International, International Surfboard Builders International Surfboard Builders Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, I mean we've inducted just about every great shaper you can ever think of, and this year we're going to induct seven more great shapers. Sick. Yeah, they come to town. True. Uh, true. Yeah, you know, craftsmen. Yeah, you know, like guys that have Dude, changed Dick, the way Dick surfing Brewer, has been. We had Dick Brewer and oh, uh, epic. Uh, when, when, and where is this? Uh, this is going to be October 9th on the Pier Plaza. Uh, we're going to induct. I'll tell you, he's going to be in town. Mark Richards is going to be in town. Oh my gosh! And uh, oh wait, so you're going to help us line up all the podcasts, right? We Can could. We yes. Yeah, right. I'd love. You heard it here, people. Yeah. October. October 9th. October Don 9th. Pablo yeah. can't be lying. Because yeah. he'll go to hell if he's lying <laughs> to a late 9th. night with Chalky. <laughs> yeah, I do that. And then I'm, I'm one of the founders for California Surfing Day, which is September 20th. Um, we haven't really had the opportunity to celebrate like we have uh, after it. Uh, in 2018, I went with 14 or 13 other people up to the state um uh, Senate, and we were voted in unanimously by the California State Senate and the State Assembly to legally confirm that September 20th is California Surfing Day. And so the plan is to start inducting groups that use surfing for humanitarian reasons, like Epic. a walk on water and Maliola yeah. and Operation Surf, and start putting plaques down on Fifth Street 
in front of the Shorebrook Hotel, and I've already worked with the owner on that's that. And, cool. Yeah, right there by Rip Curl. Yeah, that's I mean, all these organizations do great jobs within themselves, oh, yes. but to, to celebrate yeah. all of them, you yes. know, because they're all trying to do, and they're not trying to out-compete each no. other. Like, hey, this is our niche, and we're trying to help. Totally. You know, hey, could you move There's it up to of... September 2nd, because that's my birthday? No, we can't. It's, <laughs> and, it's already been dialed in. Hey, September 2nd would be special. Okay. More special. <laughs> well, I'll talk about it. He turns like 72? But, 69. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i've been blessed to just be able to part of that when we did the surfing circle of honor i helped put that whole thing together and what was the surfing circle of honor when we had 5511 persons uh, went out and on uh International Surfing Day in 2017, we had the big paddle out on the north side of the pier. Yeah. Is that when they did the big boat, uh, big surfboard? Yeah. Oh no, no, no. that was the, that, that was, was uh, International Surfing Day oh. on 2015. Mm. But on uh, California Surfing Day in 2023, we're taking the big board out and we're going to do it again one more time. We're going to break awesome. the record of 66 people on the big board. Dang. That's already in the works with awesome. Visit Huntington Beach. So it's all good things, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I. I I had no idea you were that involved with so many things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still... It gives us something to, like, you know, kind of... Aspire to. Aspire to. You just, you know, you, you, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure you got a spot on the on the uh, big board when we take the big board. Hopefully no, the just, surf will be bigger. Right? I, lo- I love that, you know, we have surfers like you, locals like you, that, you know, contribute... You, you, you're a wealthy man, right? I've done pretty you, well. You've done well. And instead of just like living a good life and not sharing, yeah. you're, you're sharing and really... Having a, a richer life in, in return. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, oh, yeah. it's awesome to hear that. So like you're inspiring us to like think of, you know, for me, I'm like, what, what can we do like in the future, you know, yeah. to help? Well, you guys already are. I mean, you're doing this and this is something... Because this is on record. This is something, you, it's like it's in uh, cyberspace. Isn't yeah. it in cyberspace yeah. now? I mean, for no, sure. Where's it going to go? I mean, it's going to be some, some kid 40 years from now going, hey, wait, listen to this one, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, so and, and, it, and it is, and it's great. And, you know, again, one of the compliments we got with, with Casey's passing was, you know, I'm so glad you were able to interview him and get his story before, yeah. you know? And, and, of course, that's... You know, it's it's not what you want to think about, but yeah, I mean, it's just super fortunate that you know we're able to yeah. you know, get his, these stories. His words and voice lives on forever. Uh, yeah, on our I, podcast. You, and sitting down with him, not to interrupt, but yeah. so I helped do the sound for after we did the Operation Surf. We 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 had the after party at the Paseo Hotel. So Casey's calling me on the phone. And goes, yeah, I want you to do the sound. I'm going to do the DJ. You do the sound. I go, great. Let's let's meet over there. So I I meet over there. You know, and you know how he dresses, right? <laughs> yeah. And and he, I'm he just, just turned his hat sideways. People. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and, and all, right all, all of a sudden, he looked like Casey. Yeah. <laughs> I go I go right on. Let's do this. And so we're sitting down. He's pumping out. You know, he's he got really good taste for music. And yeah. he just how the how the room's going, right? Yeah. And uh, we're sitting back, and dude, I, I literally almost peed my pants. <laughs> Listen to him, you know, make remarks on you know some of the chants and yeah. these people and just this uh, group over here and the way uh, yeah, he kind of yeah. like would just... He's a wordsmith. God, yeah. he was good. <laughs> so he's a good. Laugh. He was a great people person, and he just loved people. He on, did. And the, and the, he was good at it. Yeah. Just funny guy. 
Uh, so I'm missing. You, you've kind of um, promoted some of the things that uh, you're going to be doing in the future. Is there mm-hmm. anything else you want to mention? Don Pablo? No, I just, uh, you know, like I said, I'm grateful to be alive. I was at Sugar Shack this morning with, with uh, oh, God, Matt Taylor and his dad, John Taylor, who I've known John Taylor for a long time. And, you know, Mark Heller sitting over there with a couple of other guys I know, and me and Butter sitting there, and Rudy is uh, serving us, and, um, and um, uh, Ryan Turner's walking around. And the whole conversation around the whole room is in fact uh, Ralphie's there too. I don't, you know if you know who Ralph is. Yeah. And we're all just sitting and we're all thinking about the Casey Week paddle out, and we're all just kind of awesome, throwing man. little comments about what a big uh, celebration of life that's going to be for someone who is really special in our surfing community yeah. for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 We'll forever it's, have him in our hearts and minds. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, th- thank you for having me on. No, and, and, Pablo. Very, very and, glad you Anytime got a you have something cool coming on, we'd love to promote it on yeah, okay. through our avenues. Okay. Yeah. Use yeah, our, your next gig. Yeah. You know, or if you need up. fundraising stuff, like let us know. Okay. We'll help out. All right. That'll be very our good. contribution to what you're doing. But, you know, I'm stoked that that one day in front of. Bud Lamas's shop, 17th Street. Yeah, we talked. Last year, yeah. we, we talked about, and I was just like overwhelmed on the little bit that you were telling me, and I was just mind blown. And I told yeah. uh, Lars, he's all we gotta get done. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like Don Ramsey, yeah. dude. Don. He's gonna blow our minds, and yeah. he yeah. definitely didn't disappoint. And I'm glad we got episode two. And because you know. Obviously, the celebration of your life, but what you're still doing and, and where you came, and the, and it's a happy ending. You yeah, know? And, and like you know, yeah. that's what we love to share. You yeah. know, yeah. like we love. Hey, no matter where you're at or what you're doing, there's always room for improvement and yeah. help others yeah. and inspiration. Inspiration. Yeah, learn yeah. from your mistakes. Really. That's it. We're not yeah. perfect. Yeah, we're, exactly. we're all sinners. Yeah. yeah. All right. All yeah. Right. Peace, Don right. Ramsey. Okay, Don you. Pablo Ramsey. Yeah. Gracias. <laughs> Peace. WaveKey was created by Brad Gerlach to help improve your surfing. WaveKey is a land-based systematic surf training method. For all surfers, for all levels. Check out WaveKey.com. That's W-A-V-E-K-I.com. Pada Sushi, a new sushi place here at the Albertsons in Newland Center. Your go-to spot for grab-and-go sushi, handmade, fresh daily. You can get all your favorites or get something custom. And make sure to stop by on Fridays for the $5 special. Pata Sushi. At Albertsons in the Newland Center off of Beach and Adams. Wax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky. How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Fuwax, the best wax in the game. Fuwax. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit calientesouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. 
Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music. 